0: Miss W and I'm a teacher. And I'm Mrs. B and I'm a teacher. Teaching really is an art but with our actual degrees and experience
1: in schools we have a BS in education.
0: What happens in the classroom doesn't stay. It gets told right here right now today. What happens in the classroom doesn't stay. It gets told right here right now today. It's a B.S. in education. Welcome to B.S. in Education. Okay. Uh, hey, Miss B. Yep. Why don't you tell us for this 11th episode, what B.S. did you experience this week?
1: Well, my B.S. is a sad B.S. I have two, as you know, and nobody else knows, I have two old dogs. They're both Labrador Retrievers, and one of them is 10 and a half, and one of them is going to be 14 in like a month and a half and it's just really sad to watch your dogs get old because it happens so much faster than it does with people. So they're just starting to slow down and like the the 10-year-old, he had to have one of his eyes removed this year. Yeah. And it's <laughs> I'm laughing at him because it's really funny cuz he's a real ding-dong dog. I love him. In he is a real ding-dong dog. <laughs> but he's just real dumb and so now he only has one eye and it just kind of adds to his whole character. And then the other one is just the sweetest dog in the world, but like I'll be petting her and I'll see like a tuft of hair sticking out and I'll pull it and it'll be like a gigantic clump of a million hairs, t- like all together, as if I would have taken scissors to like a baby doll Aww. and pulled it out. So her hair is falling out everywhere and she can't hear anything. And she has this habit now where she likes to lick and she'll just like lick at her paws and they're not, there's nothing wrong with them. She just licks, but that mm-hmm. sound of a dog licking. Is in the top three of the worst sounds to hear. It's like the nastiest sound, and she'll just lick and lick and lick, and then she gets deaf. So I can't just like yell at her to shut up. I have to like get up and get in front of her, and then it startles her. It's just real sad Aww. to watch my dogs getting old. So I guess BS is
0: the circle of life and death. Mm-hmm. This is very dark. It's the worst, and mine's gonna sound really petty compared. <laughs> I'm watching my dogs die. What's your BS? <laughs> so uh, so mine is I still I still don't really have a an answer for the cla the university course that I'm teaching. I don't have an answer for how many students are allowed in my classroom at a time. Come on. So I have there are 25 people in the class, so including myself, and I was originally told I could have half the students. Um, like, on Monday and half the students on Wednesday. And I came up with this really, like, elaborate course design slash syllabus where they didn't really have to be present on the days that they weren't in class. So, basically, like, here's the super lesson when you're in person. And here is an independent study thing that is, yeah, that is specifically designed to go with it. So, I was like, all right, cool, cool. And then I got my class assignment... And then they were like, the most people that can be in a room at a time is nine. And I was like, God damn it. Damn it. What do I do now? So then I redid the whole syllabus. Um, and then I was meeting with the technology people just to learn how to use the giant camera and speakers and stuff. Not in my classroom because it's not set up yet. But in a classroom in where a it is set up. a classroom that you might have. <laughs> right. Right. So I... Uh, I emailed the chair of my department, and I was like, "Hey, I just want to make sure I know how to get to my classroom because I've literally only taught in one building before. Mm-hmm. But now that COVID is happening, they're they're
1: sprinkling like, they're, everyone yes, out
0: all over. So, so I just wanted to know if I could get in the building. And she was like, "Yes. And by the way, I'm talking with whatever room services to try to get the ballroom that's next to you." Opened up, so then you can have more students. And I'm just like, bitch, why didn't you, you just tell me the this fucking thing? It's like, or tell me that you're working on it, because I just yeah. spent two days redoing, redoing everything. everything. So, um, yeah. Oh, it's, it's so <sighs> aggravating. However, stupid. right before we finished this morning, I finally finished my syllabus, <gasps> and it has a big chunk of like to be determined. And I just had to come to grips with that because yeah. I don't want to spend all this time coming up with these elaborate group projects if we end up wait back in the class or if we all end up back at home and i kind of hate it but i and need to just back. like i just need to suck it up so yeah. uh so my syllabus is officially finished which is great and i was gonna update us on last week's bs when i was talking about taking metamucil and how it's just like orange snot yeah so you ye- the directions say <laughs> to take one to two Teaspoons in a glass of water. I was doing tablespoons. Oh. So I was taking three times as much. Did it
1: work three times as
0: fast? (laughs) No. It just made my stomach hurt. Real bloaty and uh huh. I was so farty. (laughs) Yeah. So teaspoons and tablespoons. Sometimes there's little like. Infographics on the side are not your friend because I just saw the picture of two spoon. spoons.
1: You're like, okay, I'll put spoons
0: in there. <laughs> I'm That's so stupid. dumb because so like I it was know two that difference. you were supposed to take or three. <laughs> it said one or two teaspoons, which is five milliliters. So okay. take five to ten milliliters. But I was doing tablespoons, which is actually fifteen milliliters, Correct. and I was doing two of them. So I was doing thirty instead mm-hmm. of the recommended five to ten. Double dose, lots of poops, lots of fights.
1: Yeah, so I just
0: wanted to tell people and share my stupidity with them. Say, look out for that. Yeah. Instructions
1: are stupid. Oh, man.
0: I'm kind of nervous.
1: Um, You were talking about your class changing and trying to make your syllabus. So we got our schedule that we're supposed to be using, and I'm coming from a different school where it was literally just like, make your own schedule. They told us, these are the times your ancillaries are. Right. Fit these classes in throughout the day, however, you want to. That's so I literally made my own schedule. At this school that I'm going to, they have each subject have like micromanaged modules. down to yeah. like five minute modules, and it scares the shit out of me because, as you know, I have a hard time staying on top. Yes. So I'm just real nervous about that. Also, if anything, because I'm teaching. Virtually and in person at the same time. Yeah, sounds if fucking great, right? Yeah. Ugh. There's any technical difficulties during my five minutes to teach this thing? What the fuck am I gonna do? I don't know. Not be on th- schedule. That's what. But yeah. you know what? I've just I'm kind of at peace with this year because I know that it's gonna be horrible, and so because I already have this expectation of failing miserably every day, it's really a lot less pressure. It's kind of nice because I'm not in that honor student mentality mm-hmm. I'm very much in the
0: fuck it man whatever I do is going to be a failure anyway so it's a <laughs> lot easier to just coast through so, so do you have that. do you have those very specific modules because in a perfect world or during the regular schedule they would mix the kids up like reading levels or stuff or like what is the purpose of making sure every teacher on the fourth grade hallway is doing the same stuff at the same time
1: so there's a ton of us number one so that's important number two the district kind of kind of they actually want us to be doing things very specifically so if a kid transfers mid-year they could walk into another school and be doing the exact same thing Number three, because of the format, so I'm teaching ELA this year and so Mm -hmm. I'm doing reading and writing workshop and the format of a workshop with blended learning is very specific. So you have like focus lessons and mini lessons and small group rotations and you're doing specific things in the small groups. So they just want it to be very like no room for error. Like you can walk on board and just know what you're doing. So it's kind of cool in team planning because Everything is already planned. Like the district gives us everything and we get to kind of decide like, oh, this is the book we'll be using or we'll be doing X, Y, Z. But where I'm coming from before, it was literally just like, teach these things this year, period. (laughs) And then anything could happen. Literally anything. So it's very magical. Boy, education. Hey. Yeah. Uh, we have a learning objective today. We do.
0: Do you, do you, want, do you want to
1: read it? Yeah, or I'll, you'd like, I'll read it but, off the paper.
0: would you like me to? All right, there we go. I'll, I got the words God,
1: out. <laughs> words are really hard today. There's a lot of shit going on right now in the world. Um, <sighs> hey, but let's interject here. While we are taping this, there are two hurricanes headed in the Gulf of Mexico to do right. who knows what to the southern part of our country. They going so, fuck
0: shit up. Or maybe not. Sh- yeah. Right. Maybe fix everything. Maybe they'll fix oh everything. Oh my god. Who knows? Wouldn't that be amazing? <laughs> it just blows Corona maybe, away. Maybe they create a wormhole to a different time. <laughs> because it's the two
1: hurricanes at the same yeah. time. Maybe and it's makes a wormhole to a different time dimension, an alternative universe where none of this ever happened. Nice. We can hope. Can't we? Yeah. Today's one right, objective. Yeah. <laughs> Today's learning objective is uh, we're going to discuss the school-to-prison pipeline and its manifestations in modern-day classrooms. So what is what has been your experience with kind of, like, have you seen this happening in classrooms that you've been in? Um, like, Yeah, I can see how this is a thing.
0: Well, before we do that, do you want to kind of define what school-to-prison yeah, guess pipeline I is? Yeah. I also, when I spaced out a second ago while you were talking, I'm sure mm-hmm. you saw me like dicking around with my phone. I, was actually, I thought you were we put having a focal up,
1: seizure. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm glad that you were just spaced out.
0: No, I was trying to um, to look at our Instagram story where we did the, uh, what's that called, survey. Yeah. So we asked we asked you teachers a few days ago, uh, should school-to-prison pipeline be a concern of teachers? And we got 81% said yes and 19% said no. So let's, let's kind of define what school to prison pipeline is. Okay. So according to,
1: what is this called? Policy Institute? I don't know. Mm -hmm. Something, an article that I Googled about a month ago and printed out um, and highlighted from a month ago. So school to prison pipeline is the kind of concept that the discipline that we put on kids in school, the more Mm -hmm. punitive it is, it kind of shuffles them into the prison system. So it causes them to, or doesn't cause, but it's, Highly correlated to kids dropping out of school, Mm -hmm. um, kids getting severe consequences for things that probably don't warrant severe consequences. And then if they're, quote unquote, a recurrent offender of these same things, it just gets worse and worse so that they kind of have no trajectory except towards the prison system.
0: Okay. And and most of these like studies or articles, this all started with zero tolerance, right? That's exactly where it started, Mrs. W. It's interesting. You should bring that up. So
1: yeah, so zero tolerance for those of us who grew up or were in school in the early to mid-90s is when the gun-free zone thing started. And we started hearing horror stories of um, kids being arrested or suspended from school for a year for bringing a Nerf gun to school, or Mm -hmm. you know, playing cops and robbers and doing little pee pew finger guns. Um, And actually, those are not urban tales or what are they called? Those urban real urban myths. myths It is a real thing. Mm -hmm. So there's the story about the kid who chewed a pop tart into the shape of a gun, getting arrested. It's a true thing that actually happened. Some fucking idiot arrested a child for chewing a pot carton. pop tart I into the shot about that. Of a gun. So zero tolerance to me just tells the world how little faith government has in the ability of people who work in schools
0: to to make good decisions. Educational decisions. Right, right. To, to, to decide decisions. for themselves. Right. I totally hate I don't want to say any because there's probably something that that is good, but I just don't like any federally mandated rules. Everybody I just do think this it's this way, or you're done because it takes so long to get whatever. I'm not a lawyer, obviously. Whatever legal thing passed, I don't know. Yeah. is it a bill or, or a law or whatever right, it is? A or a yeah? Who knows. Um, Yeah, we're going to need a a civics teacher to uh, please call in and correct me. So whatever this thing is that they'll get passed and that they'll that'll be a federal mandate. It's they're so specific. And then it's almost impossible to like find a way around it. There's no gray area. Right. It's the whole thing of, like, the the strictest law wins. So when you have a yeah. state law and a federal law, and one is harsher than the other, the harshest law wins. So if you have this zero-tolerance policy that is enacted everywhere, but my – maybe I am um, – maybe I live in the South, where most people have a Swiss Army knife – Mm-hmm. On their keychain, right? And uh, maybe I went to a school school with a boy in middle school who carved his initials into something using his Swiss Army knife, and maybe that boy got expelled. And I think it's oh. ridiculous. Yeah, that for real happened. Fucked um up. because he had because he brought a knife to school, he a little Swiss Army knife, and it's kind of like that's not that that's what every should be brandishing boy in the South knives in school, but exactly,
1: or exactly. Like boy Scouts. Oh god. So it was it was actually called the Gun-Free Schools Act. And it was okay. passed in 1994, and it I don't know if it's the same today, but it mandated a year-long out of school suspension for any student caught bringing a weapon to school. And weapon was of course open to interpretation. Right. So you have some people who interpreted that as the Swiss Army knife or mm-hmm. a fucking pop tart chewed into the shape of a gun. <laughs> I remember as a kid when this came out, I remember hearing like, oh, be careful. Don't draw a picture of a stick person with a gun or you could get expelled or suspended. I mean, I vividly remember this. And I guess that's a real thing, depending on what school you went to or I'm going to say it, what gender or race you happen to be, because as a little suck up nerdy girl, little nerd white girl. I really doubt that I would have ever been in actual trouble if I would have drawn a little stick man with a gun, but there were some people that I went to school with who I know would have gotten suspended or expelled for a similar thing. Okay, so school districts adopted their own version of the broken windows theory. So this is where the story thickens a little bit. The broken windows theory emphasizes that you need to crack down on the smallest of offenses To make people feel safer and also to show, like, we don't put up with no shit. We don't take no shit from nobody, as Tommy Boy would say. So the smaller the it doesn't matter how small the infraction is, you don't put up with any shit. And that's really going to teach them who rules the roost.
0: So just to clarify, the broken windows theory is like if you have a house or a building or whatever in a neighborhood and you don't fix the broken windows, then it just shows like we don't give shit about anything. And then the mm. the neighborhood goes downhill. Right? Those, is that what there it goes is? the neighborhood. Is that a yeah. good summary? Exactly.
1: Okay. And from that also, homeowners associations were formed. Right. We all know the bullshit that that is. That's not true. I don't know where they came from, but they definitely came from hell. So... <laughs> <laughs> to this they may return, in my opinion. I didn't, I'm going to be honest, growing up as a child, I went to a bunch of Catholic schools. And so I did not see this very much because everybody I went to school with was, you know, paying tuition. And so the administrators worked for the families, right? Right, right. Um, I do remember there being a couple of kids that I went to school with throughout the course of my career in parochial schools. And I went to different schools in different cities because we moved a few times. Mm -hmm. And at various different schools, there were kids who now looking back, I can easily see that they had either learning disabilities or social disorders that maybe they were diagnosed. I don't know. They obviously don't advertise that sort of thing. But I remember specific kids acting in specific ways, and they were constantly being punished for these things. They were the ones who were always getting suspended or sent right. to detention or whatever it was. And looking back now, it's very clear that um Tourette syndrome was present in at least one of these children and ADHD things like that. So, and then when I went into teaching, it was also very apparent that kids who now I knew had these diagnoses were very much more frequently being punished in ways right. that are not going to help them because they can't help what they're doing like they need they need strategies and they need you know a teacher who can calm them down and then give them different ways to deal with that issue but instead they were kicked out of the class suspended sent to in school suspension you know nothing was being fixed for them it was just you're a failure you keep messing up get out of the classroom that right kind of thing. and there
0: were probably teachers that so i'm going to assume okay let's i'm going to assume pop dark was an asshole I'm going to assume that that kid was a pain in the a piece of shit ass. Sure. And a uh, teacher was taking an interpretation and the zero tolerance policy as a like, you know, well, I'm going to get him the fuck out of here for here. a month, a year or whatever, because he made a Pop-Tart gun. Mm-hmm. So not in all cases, but I'm sure there's lots of anecdotal evidence that teachers then used this super extreme, narrowly focused um, uh, school or district-wide rule mm-hmm. to then really zero in on those kids that had that have behavioral difficulties.
1: Hey, guess what, Mrs. W? What? That's not anecdotal. It's actually a thing that's been studied and proven. Oh so my god! Look, who didn't read the whole article. Look at this me fucking segue <laughs> that you just wrote in for yourself. So with this zero tolerance. Officers were brought into schools to mm-hmm. help deal with discipline. They are called S school resource officers, right, SROs. Right. And I haven't, no, I take that back. I student taught at an elementary school with one. So that, ought to, you know, that sets the tone. You walk into school in the first day, there's a fucking police officer that works right. there. Like, what is the expectation at this school? But schools that have these SROs who started, this started around 1997. And the reasoning behind it was they can help prevent massive school shootings like at Columbine. Right. And clearly this has not been super effective, right? Nor has the no tolerance policy for guns. Still hasn't solved that problem. So whole different episode. Mm -hmm. Um, But schools with these SROs, it makes it easier for teachers to, instead of, and school administrators, instead of dealing with issues themselves, they can just call in the resource officer. And that leads down a juvenile path right there. Mm -hmm. Um, Furthermore... In this article, they did some studies about how the zero tolerance system has to do with weapons, but it can also be used for things like insubordination or disrespect towards a teacher or disorderly conduct, which are all extremely nebulous. Mm -hmm. Like, how do you define that? Right. And we've both taught before, we know that disorderly conduct looks really different from student A to student B, especially in different cultures. Some kids just go from zero to screaming really quickly. Mm-hmm. And some kids just bottle up all their anger inside and write a real mean note in their journal. And that's that's their disorderly conduct. Mm-hmm. But they might be expressing the same feelings. Right. So there's a lot of evidence showing that many teachers use this disorderly conduct as a great reason to get their, you know, problematic students out of the classroom on a permanent basis, whether it's in school suspension or call the SRO in here and get mm-hmm. this little fucker kicked out for a few months so that I can have some peace in my classroom. And it doesn't fix the issue with that kid. It doesn't help that kid deal with anything. And it doesn't help that teacher because that teacher is still an asshole who doesn't know how to deal with human beings. Right. So
0: I have a question. Have Have you ever been suspended? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Me? <I> dare <laughs> say No. I was suspended and almost expelled. What? What did <laughs> you do? you, did not you know do? these stories? No. Oh, my God. So stupid. The expelled story is way better. Um, the suspension story, maybe I'll save that for another day. We'll see how, no, no. how we are on time after, okay. this, yeah, <laughs> after this story. this story. So I had dance seventh hour in high school, mm-hmm. and we. I, I don't know. The, the class was maybe like an hour-ish long, and we got like seven minutes to dress in at the end of the day. Uh, and this was the t- ninth or tenth grade. I can't remember. No, it must have okay. been tenth grade because it involved a boy, and I know who I was dating in tenth grade. So I had danced seventh hour, and there was like the traffic getting out of school was fucking ridiculous at the end of the day at all like at all schools. Sure, all schools and i am a very impatient person what? <laughs> and I'm not with everything with kids i have all the patience in the world you do but have if your I trigger think, things i know if i think <laughs> that things can be done more efficiently it just drives me fucking crazy it sure does so instead of using that seven minutes to dress in i would put my clothes over my leotards and tights and i would leave fucking campus three minutes before the bell rang Hell and you yeah. know what I didn't have to sit in traffic and it was the tits. So, we had <laughs> <laughs> we had this main little man who was the gymnastics coach and he caught me one day leaving early and he I didn't think anything of it like he saw me but he didn't like chase me down and then I got I got called into the office the next day and they basically said and I was in the advanced dance class so I was in a class with all seniors and I was in like the 10th grade they basically said like I want a list of everybody that leaves early because everybody (gasps) did it I was not a trendsetter so I refused to give them the names. They you to narc out on everybody? I refused to give them Mm-mm. the names, so I got suspended for a week. I got sent to oh. a detention facility. You what? know the one I'm talking about. I, I do. I'm going to bleep this scary. out. But I got sent to the
1: That's <laughs> so scary.
0: Every other, not every other kid, but most of the kids there were there for some fucked up stuff. So, like, the girl that I kind of glommed on to and talked to, she was there for... For throwing an overhead projector <laughs> in yeah. the classroom. That's So worth people it. would ask me what I was there for. And it's just like, I fucking left campus three minutes before the bell rang and I didn't tattle on And people. I wouldn't tattle. So school started. School went from 9 a.m. until 1.30 p.m. And <clears throat> we got breakfast and lunch. I so I wrote my term paper. That's what I did. And the teacher that was in my classroom—so there's like ten of us. She mm-hmm. would just sit there and do crosswords all day.
1: So they were just and was just like was just like come here. overhead projectors. Yeah,
0: she was like, "Come here, baby. What what school do you go to?" And I told her what school, and it's uh like a magnet mm-hmm. school. So she was like, "What did you do?" And I, so because everybody had to get like a counseling session, sure. and she basically was like, "That's fucking ridiculous." I was like, yeah. <laughs> It is. I'm missing out on all my classes. But if you didn't go to the detention center, you um you couldn't make up any of your work. So, oh, oh and you God. know what? My boyfriend came and picked me up at one thirty every day. <laughs> it was so That's so. Dumb. Stupid. I got to go to school for like 5 hours a day. It was so stupid. Yeah, look, that little little gymnastics coach, just want to punch him in the throat. What a douche. He was a total douche.
1: So was the administration at your
0: school, though. Oh, I know. Do they, they just not wanted know me that snitches to get them stitches? Out. Yeah, I that's know. Bullshit. So, I don't think this is related to how I almost got expelled, but it was at the same school. And I never thought of myself as like a rebellious person until I've told this story as an adult. So, you know what HUD houses are, right? Yeah. So, it's affordable housing. So, there was this big scandal in my hometown with whoever was in charge of distributing the HUD houses was giving them to her friends who Uh made $150,000 a year and they would get these HUD houses where their rent would be just like a couple hundred dollars. One of those people was the vice principal at my school. Shut up. So we had my American history teacher who was one of the greatest history teachers or one of the greatest teachers I ever had did this. So they did this big award ceremony every year and he would pick one student in each class to be on the awards committee. So he picked me out of my class so very very awesome Mm -hmm. um i want i don't know what qualities he looked for but anyhow so he picked me he just so happened to pick my best friend also who was in a different class and my friend branda and michelle and this boy named jonathan so this school or this teacher's nickname was godzilla (laughs) he had godzilla shit all over his room i don't remember where the nickname came from but this also happened to be the year that the Godzilla movie came out, the one with Matthew Broderick. Yeah. Um, and this teacher rode a mo- motorcycle. <laughs> so, so he was just like the cool teacher. So he cool. was so cool. <laughs> he was really fun, but he was also like old and bald. Did he have a tiny but, ponytail um, in the back? No, he did not. He was a boy bald. Okay. So. He was well. He had like the monk thing. Oh. You know what I'm talking about? He might like, have little...
1: had a tiny ponytail.
0: Maybe. I'm sure he in my had mind, one he in the does. 70s. Yeah. <laughs> So, I had this fantastic idea because you know, I have, I'm a big idea person. I'm very theatrical. So, his, uh, I was like, let's make a giant backdrop. We had a hundred dollar budget. So, I went to the fabric store and I talked them into giving us fabric for almost nothing. And we made like this big cityscape with our high school in the middle, uh-huh. with Godzilla stomping on the city. And him under Godzilla's foot with the little motorcycle. I will Uh post a picture of this with my face blurred out on our Instagram when this episode comes out. So we gave all of the buildings different uh, American history names. So like Alexander Hamilton started the National Bank. Mm-hmm. So we had Hamilton National Bank, or maybe not the National, but maybe like the Federal Reserve or something. I don't know. He somehow uh-huh. Some with money. Did, did something with banking. Uh, Napoleon got chopped into little bits after he died. Right. So we had the Napoleon Prosthetics Factory. So all the buildings <laughs> had different funny names. Great. We had one building left on the end. And because the classroom was only 57 feet wide, but the fabric was 60 feet we weren't really gonna see those you know the fabric would have yeah. just draped over so it was like we can put anything we want there Ooh. so the teacher's name we will call her um miss we'll call her miss brown so we had the uh miss brown's hud house oh no and it was 100% my idea totally totally my idea but nobody's gonna see it it'll just be an inside joke for us (laughs) because it's just hanging up in the background of the classroom so we go in the night before the award ceremony we hang it all up it had like that drop ceiling yeah so we like tucked it in and like tacked it I don't remember how we how we did it but anyway I get a phone call from Jonathan that night and he's like hey mr american history teacher just called me and said that the backdrop fell down everybody get to school super early in the morning we're gonna figure it out so i spent the night with my best friend that night who was also in the awards committee and this was like we dressed in formal outfits he wore a tuxedo everyone in the class got an award it was so fun he did such a great job so uh renee and i are driving up to school it's like 6 45 in the morning and he was in a separate building. So they had the main school building and then they had the tech building is where he was. And we drive around the corner and it's just hanging up like on the outside of the building with cinder blocks holding it down at the top. And I was like, oh, fuck, man, like not only can you see the end, but like Everybody's going to come see this because it was everybody. amazing. Everybody, <laughs> yeah. So I'm talking to like Branda and Michelle and everybody. And it's like, should we cross it out? What should we do? I'm nervous because it was my idea. Yeah. And they're all like, it's fine. It's fine. Brown it's is hilarious. a super, like, it's a last name that like lots of people everybody have. Everybody has that name. Everybody yeah. has this last name. So I'm in chemistry class. I had chemistry I think fifth hour, and I had this American history the next hour. I am wearing a, a full-length black formal gown. I've got gloves on. I've got jewelry. I've my got hair's this full, all like, done Breakfast
1: up. at Tiffany's picture in my head. That's like,
0: exactly what I looked like. How, how did you know? That's exactly what I, Yeah, because I had little bangs, too. Oh, um, so I hear the announcement come on, and they're like, Miss Chemistry teacher – can we please see Miss W in the office? And I'm like, oh Oh no, oh no. So when your butthole just goes up into your throat, you're like, oh my God. So I get called down to the main office. I see everybody else on the committee sitting in there and I'm like, well, this is it. (laughs) This is it. Long story short, I'll go into the longer version of it later if you'd like. Uh, I've already been talking for so long, though. Long story short, the principal starts like pulling out pieces of this and pointing out different things in it and going to each member of the group and trying to make them break. he never went to me though so i must have just had this air of fuck you establishment right? although i never saw myself as that person when i retell all these stories as adults it's like oh yeah i guess i really I did have this like, of that. sense of justice as a child, as a um as a youth but i just i'll never forget my best friend Renee was sitting in a chair with like her feet up so that her knees are like right here. And I remember her putting her head down because she was laughing so hard. And the principal thought, <laughs> thought she he was had crying? like made her cry. Yeah. Long story short, <laughs> we got in no trouble. But can you imagine? But they threatened to expel us. They kept saying. What? They kept basically saying like, we can't expel you all, but somebody's going down for this. We never got in trouble because they they would have had to do everybody because nobody ratted me yeah. out. but and I'm sure they couldn't have actually expelled me. No, can you because imagine then you can the totally news story and be like, well, how come she gets HUD housing? Right. Oh, you know, the reason she got away with it is that person died. They had a heart attack right before her to court, so all the evidence um, was thrown into her casket. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Or whoever was going to testify died. It was something like that. So basically, hmm. we all had, everybody at the school was like, pss, 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 did you hear about Miss Brown? Whoa. So there was just this like giant sense of injustice. And I thought it would be funny to make fun of her. That's
1: hysterical.
0: And I almost got expelled. Also, I am
1: not at all surprised given the city in which you went to high school. I know. <laughs> because that whole city, shit, that whole state is based on, mm-hmm, Lechery and It's corrupt, y'all. And
0: corrupt passion. <laughs> oh man, that's amazing. Oh my goodness! So that's the story of when I did actually get expelled for a whole week. So that's I, or when that's I nuts. Yeah, when I got suspended for a whole week and when I and almost, got, almost expelled.
1: got expelled. So you want to hear the time that I got in the most trouble of all? Yes,
0: I was in seventh grade,
1: and I was I was a really good, sweet child, except when I had. Like, random things would put a bug up my ass. And then I would be like, oh, I'm not do." Like, I would just become very defiant about it. And it was seventh grade. We were in PE. And we were doing a unit on aerobics. And we had to do Richard Simmons Sweat to the oldies, <laughs> like, every day for two weeks or oh some shit God. like this. And my I was My best
0: friend Renee... Uh-huh. She was in one of his latest videos. No way. Yes, Have you listened lives- to the podcast about like yes! what happened to Richard Simmons when he disappeared? Yes. Yeah. Okay, yeah, we are way lives- off track. She lives in LA now <laughs> and she was in a couple of his videos. Anyway, I'm so That's sorry. Amazing. I just thought it was crazy.
1: <laughs> so I was way sick of doing this and I incited a bunch of my other nerdy friends to do a protest with me. So like we made oh, yeah. signs and stuff and we showed up to PE one day like we're not going to sweat to the heck. heck no, we won't go or I don't know just like really lame things and just refused to do it so we got sent to the principal's office and they all started crying and told them told the principal that it was my fault (laughs) so the principal took me to her office and sat me down in a rocking chair in her office and gave me a peppermint she goes you know you can't do this right I was like yeah I know she was like okay And that was the extent to which I got in trouble
0: because I I went to the Catholic school. See, thank you, Branda and Jonathan and Renee and Michelle for not ratting me the fuck out. Oh, my God. It was
1: so stupid. Hey,
0: remember when we were talking about the school (laughs) prison pipeline
1: (laughs) five hours ago? We're going to have to do this as a two-parter. I I feel like it deserves a two-parter anyway because it's a huge deal. No, it's both of our faults. And I'm really glad you told those stories because it was amazing. (laughs) Um, okay, so there are some, of course, studies that have been done on the correlation of, of things. So it makes it really easy for students to get a juvenile record, even for a first offense if the SRO is called in. So right. for instance, I this is something I've seen happen. There was a teacher who probably needed to retire like seven years before. And there was a particular child in her class who they just did not get along, let's right. say. And so... Anytime I would walk by her classroom and it was that class period, he would usually be sitting in the hall because he was already in trouble for whatever it was. One day, the resource officer gets called because he had called her a bitch or something, which, you know, not okay to do that. But also, do we call the resource officer for that or do we just get like an office referral, right, to the administration? Anyway, resource officer was called and the kid starts yelling at the resource officer because he's still pissed off and in a state. And so he gets... A, he gets a record for being defiant to authority or resisting arrest or some bullshit, like absolute bullshit. So he got like no punishment for that. I think it went to court and they were like, you know, here's a warning. But because that was his quote unquote first offense. And so now he's officially got a record. So if anything else happens <sighs> to this kid, up. he automatically is a second time offender. And now he's going to get a real punishment, even if the quote unquote crime he did was not an actual Crime that should be punished by the justice system. So things like this, like I've seen it firsthand, like that story that I just told. So things like this are happening. It typically happens to students who have fathers that are already incarcerated. Like that's mm-hmm. just kind of a pattern that has been observed. It happens three to four times more to black children than it does to uh, white children. And Basically, most of the offenses are, almost none of the offenses are for things like brought a gun to school or caught with marijuana in the backpack. Almost none of them. Like 0.8% is what this chart is telling me. Most of the things basically boil down to pissing off an adult, which is not a crime. So it sounds to me like teachers need to learn how to deal with people's emotions. Not that it's okay to tolerate disrespect, but there are ways to do that where everyone wins. A win-win-win situation, as they say in the office. (laughs) As Michael
0: Scott would say. As Michael Scott would tell us. All right, here is my problem with the phrase school-to-prison pipeline. First of all, I think it's been just like co-opted as this buzzword. Mm -hmm. So this all started, Miss B and I um, decided to discuss this on the podcast because we were both listening to Nice White Parents. And the host seemed to have a problem with how quiet the students were and how structured the day was at some of the success academies. Mm-hmm. And I had a, when I was in grad school, I had a professor who would go off on school to prison pipeline and be like, you know why they have those red lines on the floor for the students to follow them? So they can like get them ready for prison. And she would say <laughs> shit like that. And I was just like, okay, or is it so they won't fucking are- run
1: around and like run into each other because they're children and they're just dumbasses,
0: because that's how yeah. kids are. So it's like, I think it might have more to do with the fact that the schools are underfunded and overcrowded, mm-hmm. and these are just ways to do crowd control, yes. because amusement parks also have lines on the floor for you to follow. The amusement park, there's- <laughs> prison pipeline. Yeah, exactly. So in Nice White Parents, correct me if I'm wrong, but she was kind of insinuating the same thing of these white teachers telling uh, children to walk with their mouths closed and their hands behind their back in the hallway. And these are just second graders. And I've never seen anything so quiet. And it's like, have you ever? It's like, no, it- no, no. Yeah. If you don't tell them to put their hands behind their back, they just run their fingers down the hall and to- knock shit off. And uh-huh. and if you don't have lines for them to follow. They're going fucking everywhere. Yeah. Because they're little kids. Get 20 kindergartners. Yes. You know what's, you know what's easy? say, keep your feet on the red line Mm -hmm. the whole time. Mm -hmm. That's all it is. Yeah, pretty simple.
1: Yeah, I would agree. That was up to that point. I was on board with that podcast. Mm -hmm. I was like, wow, I've never heard this perspective before. This is very interesting. And yes, this makes sense. And then she got upset. I think the first thing was, um, yeah, she was talking about how they told the kids to hold a bubble in their mouth so that they couldn't talk and like controlling their their ability to express themselves. And I'm like, no, it's so they can walk from class to class without everyone talking in a volume 10. Like that's yes. literally what it's
0: for. And I mean, it's we not that just our... that class. It's every class. Everybody like Think school. about right. think about lunch shifts. Hello. We would have 100 kids going in and 100 coming mm-hmm. out for lunch shifts. Fuck yes, we have Chaos lines on happening. the floor. <laughs> yeah. Put a damn line on the floor with an arrow. They're not allowed to go into the cafeteria until everyone's at a zero. Because yeah. if not, oh my God, it's just, it's chaos. It's
1: absolute chaos. Yeah, put a fucking bubble in your mouth. Catch a bubble, yeah. butterfly wings. That's what we call yep. it at the pre-K at the school, <laughs> at the parochial school that I was teaching at. Um, yeah, I agree. I believe that there's a big difference between you kicking the same kid out of class every single day because he talks back and that becoming the cross that you will die upon that that kid, you know, needs to be suspended or expelled and doing things in the classroom like teaching them to track the, to track the teacher mm-hmm. with their eyes. That was another
0: thing they had a problem with. In that yeah, the podcast. track me, track you. Yes, I know so many teachers that have done that and it totally. works so well. Or it's like just a nice way of saying pay you... attention
1: to who's talking. Exactly. Where you sit up, lean in, you know, attend mm-hmm. the speaker with your eyes. But yeah, it's, it's an actual cognitive skill to teach you how to listen better and pay attention better so that you can learn more. So yeah, that definitely rubbed me the wrong way. But again, this woman is not an educator. So, mm-hmm. it's one of those things from the outside looking in, maybe it's perceived that way, but if you're an actual teacher, you're like, "No, no, here's why we do it and it's not cuz we are going to channel all of control into a jumpsuit." Right. It's not about control, exactly. it's about helping. I mean, it kind of is about control. It's about controlling well, it's the environment more... of your classroom so that everyone right. has a positive learning experience and so that you yes. don't have to remove kids into the hallway because they know the expectations. And it's not, it's easy for them to fall into that as opposed to setting them up for failure because you don't have those expectations
0: in place. It's all about that. Those, um, the routines and expectations that make children feel safe and therefore make them, make it a better environment for them to learn. Because if this child lives in a home with only one parent in a one bedroom apartment with four or five other kids, you know, it's probably fucking chaos all the time. And they really... They don't feel know better when what they're, they're supposed to do. Yeah. If you've ever taught in a a school with where the, a large population is has some kind of factor for them being at, ri- at risk, whether it's like poverty or anything else, you will notice right before Christmas break, kids start to act up because mm-hmm. they're like, I don't know what's going to happen for the next few weeks and yeah. it's stressing me out. And that happens because they know they're not going to have the 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 steadiness of their classroom for the next Mm -hmm. few weeks. Uh, but but in the Nice White Parents, the podcast that we're referring to, which is a pretty good podcast, that's also one of the only times she gives her opinion without any sort of, and here's an expert to back me up. Right. So I haven't listened to the next uh, episode or two. So maybe she refutes it. We'll see. Nope, I just she doesn't. I finished it. She doesn't? Oh, damn. Yeah. I just hate that it's like this is this New York Times podcast that a lot of people are listening to. It's just dangerous. Just misinformation is dangerous. Right.
1: But again, it's the only thing that she doesn't back up with.
0: Yes. The rest Here's of the podcast is very good. It is. Very good. It's a very
1: good podcast. Hey, I'm going to propose uh cuz we've been talking about a lot of this, but we have kind of barely scratched the surface. Do you want to split mm-hmm. this one into two?
0: Yeah, and let's we do, do like some a more follow-up but because we I have, also have some comments. Yeah, and... comments.
1: I have mm-hmm. another educator who's kind of begging to join us and guest on our podcast to talk about this issue. So, we will um we're going to pin this one for now, cool. and we're going to come back and revisit it so we can talk about the fun bullshit that we always talk yeah. about. Yeah. All
0: right. I think it's already time for teaching tips. It totally is. I'll do um, my teaching do tip it. first. So if you are building your syllabus, lesson plan, whatever, at the beginning of a school year when I teach in a, when, when I'm like a full year teacher, I would do at least by nine weeks, this is what I want to cover mm-hmm. with each section. Um, now that I'm also teaching in college, you have to do a syllabus and it's basically like your contract with the students. This is what we're going to cover. Right. Give yourself a couple of catch up days Hell yes. so that you're not rearranging stuff and creating confusion. And then if by some chance you don't need those catch up days, you can revisit something that was club w yeah we can club (laughs) w oh my god how weird would my like 23 year olds think i was if i was like we're gonna turn off the lights i brought some glow sticks it's time to dance time to dance (laughs) yeah so so same sort of thing build in a couple catch-up days in your six weeks nine weeks however it is and it just it gives you a little breathing room gives you a little extra flexibility
1: amen to that yeah, so do especially this year, good God, because yeah. who know you don't leave oh, no. yourself a couple of weeks of mm-hmm. fucking ketchup from technical difficulties and double hurricanes and earth opening My- chasms, sinkholes, Godzilla attack, actual alien invasions. Yes. <laughs> Everybody gets backward front leg disease. <laughs> sun explosion we don't know what's going to happen guys we have five months left in this four months i don't know i don't what know it's time anymore okay so here's my tip um this is a school supply management tip and also a classroom routine tip especially for this year because we can't let anyone touch anything or go anywhere so pencils breaking bane of our existence right uh fuck mm-hmm. pencils so hard so, if a pencil breaks, instead of a kid raising their hand or telling you, they give you a thumbs up. They just hold their thumb up at their desk. You have a stockpile of sharpened pencils. You trade pencils with that child. So, like, if they have a regular number two, doesn't matter, because it can just go back in the pile. You're they didn't have to take to do. I wasn't <laughs> going to say anything. You haven't had any regular double t- number twos on account of that oh, triple dose Lord. of pencil. <laughs> anyway... So if they just have a regular pencil, you could throw it in with the batch of your, quote unquote, dirty pencils. But if they give you one of their like special pencils with their name on it or something, you go sharpen it when you get a minute and you hand it back to them and they trade you back their other pencil. And then if it's a, if just a regular pencil, like you just have a class pool of pencils, you put them all in a dirty thing and then you saw all of them at the end of the day. And then nobody has to get up because if one kid gets up to sharpen their pencil, all of a sudden, fucking everybody in yes. the class has a dull pencil. So just... Be ready like you would, like it's a standardized test day. They can just give you a thumbs up and switch out pencils, and then it's not a thing. Let's do some screaming in the parking lot. Screaming in the parking lot. The other day, I was in my classroom, and there's about 90 people at my school I still haven't met, teachers-wise. And this woman comes in and says hi, how are you? And then she comes up right behind me and asks me to lean forward from the chair that I'm sitting in. She goes, I just need to make sure my name's not written on that chair. And I was like... Oh my God. I was like, no, this is just the chair that they, you know, that the school gave me in my classroom. She goes, oh, I know, but I had a chair last year that they gave me and I wrote my name on it so nobody else would take it. And she goes, okay, that's not my chair. And then she moved on. But I wanted to be like, bitch, you do not own that chair. That is school property. You don't tell me to lean forward and touch my back. To try to get a chair that you wrote your fucking name on? No thank Gross. you. It just really pissed me off. I was like, yeah. what is your what's your deal? Why don't you buy a chair for yourself if you want one right. so bad that's a special thing? And then you can ride on it.
0: That does not belong to you. Oh, yeah, I already hate her. <laughs> I
1: know she sucks. But you know what? I felt really validated about it because another teacher came in the room and she's like, oh, my God, have you met her yet? And I was like, I just did. I want to punch her in the mouth. And she goes, oh, yeah, she sucks. I was like, oh, good. I'm glad I'm not the only one who thinks that way.
0: Oh, my screaming in the parking lot is just like, it's my my earlier complaint. I don't know what's going on with my classes. How many kids? Do I, uh, I know. I know.
1: Hey, I'm telling you, if you, but the the reason why is because you and I are both, we have always been high goal, high bar setters for Mm -hmm. ourselves. Just kick that bar down and let it roll around on the ground this year. And you'll be like, this whole year's going to fucking suck. (sighs) So I'm already winning. It feels so, it's so freeing.
0: I'm really going to try. I really want to make a conscious effort to not tell the students what we would be doing (laughs) if it wasn't the pandemic. Normally I have this really fun improvisational movement thing we do, but we can't touch each other, so we won't do it. Yeah. So I'm gonna really try to. But not you're gonna want to
1: justify, like, why it's so lame this year. I'm gonna I be know. like, oh, if you take another class with me during normal times, it'll be so great. But this I year know. sucks only because it's not my fault. I hope that all students understand. I that. think
0: they're actually not allowing students to write professor evaluations because so <laughs> many fair. professors are that's fair
1: stressed out. They're making us post <gasps> our schedule on the wall, like our micromanaged schedule, mm-hmm. and I. And they have to be big enough so that if our supervisors come in, they can look on the wall and make sure that we're on task. And I'm like, I don't think that's fair this year. How am I supposed to keep to a five-minute schedule right now? That's not fair. But I think they'll have mercy. And if they don't, they'll fire me. And then they'll have no one to teach that <laughs> class because there are not enough people to teach right now. So, I know.
0: Boom roasted. Yay. All right. right, hey, let's, let's make it possible. Let's close it out
1: with an all worth it. I'm going to go first because yours is so much better than mine. Okay. So, all right. My all worth it is when you do a read aloud to literally any age group of children. Like the older they are, the better, and it just puts them into this beautiful trance of mesmerization, and it takes them all to a different world, and they fucking love it. Picture books or no, this goes all the way through high school, probably Mm -hmm. into college. If you sit down and open a picture book and read it to them, everybody's just like, ah. (laughs) So just do (laughs) that if you need something. It brings them back. Wonderful, and you can use it to teach. Almost any skill from mm. science and math and ELA and social studies, everything. Read books, guys.
0: All right. So my all worth it snippet. I always send out, you're laughing because you read it already.
1: <laughs> <So> <laughs> I, funny.
0: When I teach high school or above, so high school and college age, I will send out a survey with a series of questions. And I will go like serious, serious like funny or silly basically in the questions because I want them to finish the whole thing but I also don't want it to be boring and I want to find out about their personality. Sure. So, so it would be like Miss B uh, you know do you have your own computer in case we go online or do you have to share one with somebody you know tell me about your you know learning environment if you're at home mm-hmm. um, also like what band are you listening to what are you binging on Netflix but I end it with is there anything else you want me to know about you just in case I'm forgetting something important. And this one kid, his his response was, I'm six foot five, have very soft hair, a heart of gold, and a jaw of glass. That was so good! And I haven't seen him yet, but I really hope that he's just like five foot six. Oh my god. <laughs> just like a total dweeb. Yes, I hope great? it's all a lie. If it's not a lie, it's also fantastic. It's also funny. But he cracked, man, oh, he, his, man, his me, responses really cracked me up. That's hysterical.
1: What a what a joyful thing. I know. All right, guys. I think that's it for the first half of our extremely educational and on topic the whole time Yep. Uh, school to prison pipeline episode. Do you guys have a BS in education or do you have some input on the school to prison pipeline? We want to hear from you. Email us at bsineducation2020 at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram at BS and Education. We're making some pretty killer ass memes. So mm-hmm. get up on there and check that <laughs> shit out. And if you prefer to talk to us instead, give us a call at 234-73-TEACH. And we'll see you next time on uh, BS, B.S. in Education. Classes ended. Time to go. Pick up your
0: crayons off the floor. is ended. Time to go. I don't want to see your face no more. Thank you for listening to ABS in Education.
1: My tummy hurt.